what we see in our society is a struggle for identity. It's not something new to mankind. It's not something that should shock us or should give us pause or should give us contemplation as though this were something new. It's not. Mankind is on the search for identity. They're on the search for purpose. They're on the search for the meaning of life. Though you don't always see that splash across the headlines, but in the undercurrent, in your subconscious, in your spiritual heart, you can feel it. There's a struggle. And it's not a new struggle. It's not a struggle that is predominant as though this were something new, that this were something revolutionary today, that this modern generation in 2022 or 2023 has come up with something new and rebellious or new and profound or new and fashionable. It's not. Well, we know what we see in Christianity, what we see in the history book of the Holy Bible, what we see in the genealogies is this goes all the way back. This goes all the way through the Torah. This goes all the way back to where? Yes, to the beginning. Genesis 1.1. And are we all here by chance? Was it really just two atoms that collided and therefore you have a mind and you have a heart and you have intricate blood vessels and veins and bone and marrow and tendons and ligaments and joints and functionality in a way that no robot truly can replicate? That no technology a man can replicate. This is incredibly complex and unique. No. How was this made? How was this created? Was it created? Or was it evolved? Did it evolve through evolution? And that without regard to deity, without regard to God, without regard to the divine. How so? How so could it have been? How so could this say this generation create its own identity of one that has never been thought of before, that it is truly unique and it is truly profound and it is truly paramount, that it has never, ever been contemplated or reached or attained or performed ever before. They are so unique. Well, this is the struggle that we see in this generation. And it is not unique to my generation. It is not unique to the younger generation alive today. And it is not unique to the generation before mine still alive today. This is the struggle of mankind to not receive, adopt, embody, and employ their identity they already have. You see, there is one profoundly one, set apart, completely set apart, greater, bigger, much, much bigger than you or I could contemplate, realize, or even imagine or dream. And we find him in Genesis 1.1. He is the definition. He is the author of life. He is the author of this world which we realize our generation cares so much about. So they say they care so much about this earth, 
about the land and the water and the fish and the frogs who live in the protected habitats so that man cannot build buildings or shelters for mankind. So man cannot conduct experiments or extract energy from the earth to heat homes so mankind can live. To produce manufacturing so mankind can earn wages to buy food so they can live. And this is not to negate Genesis 1.28 and following how God put mankind here on earth to steward the earth, and we'll get to that. We are to steward the earth. We are to care for this planet, to care for the land and the sea and the animals and the mountains. Yet, we ought never forget how Jesus instructed the Pharisees when one of them asked him a question to test him in Matthew 22, 36, saying, Teacher, what is the greatest, what is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. There is only one made in the image and the likeness of God, and that is human. And yet, this generation cares so deeply for the earth while having no regard for God. And I tell you this, the earth, Romans 1, testifies to this he in Genesis 1.1. This testifies to the creator in Genesis 1.1. How did we begin? How did mankind start? What brought all this into being? Was there a beginning? How was it done? Who did it? I don't know if this generation stops to ask that question, but I tell you this. The answer to that question gives them the purpose of life. It gives them their identity, which was from birth and was from before birth, because this creator knew them before birth. He marked out and he numbered every single one of their days, every single one of my days, every single one of your days. He knows you. He knows you. And despite how much And how well you think that he knows you, he is greater. He knows you greater than you think that he does. Even if you think he knows you completely, he knows you greater. And God is bigger. And God is bigger and he's larger. And this planet and every other planet in the universe and outside of our universe that is ever expanding further and further. And scientists marvel at how the universe and outer space continues to expand. And all of this, Romans 1, testifies to who he is. And his love for mankind, his love for you, for me, and for all of mankind. I tell you this, 
we fall short, we get distracted, we get lazy. As believers, as Christians, we miss the mark. Why? Because we do not understand the great depth and complexity and forethought and awesomeness of God's love for us. But he does love us. And as much as you think he loves you, as much as you can contemplate that, as big as you think God is, I tell you this, his love for you is greater. As big as you think God is, he is greater. This is the God of Genesis 1-1. And that is just the first verse in the Bible. And this is where we begin. Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth. Join me next time as we begin at the beginning in Genesis 1.